setting up. Okay. I clicked it. Oh, is that live? <laughs> All right. Hi and welcome. This is Nikki Draper and I um, have a podcast, Animal Messages, What Your Animals Want You to Know. And this is episode 20. Please don't revaccinate me until you learn about the titer. And I have with me today, Leah Hauser, who is an expert on vaccinations and titers <laughs> and optimum health for you and your animals. And um, welcome. Thank you. All right, <laughs> Leah is also the office manager at the Animal Healing Center in Redmond. And this is the clinic I do my healing services out of with massage and acupressure, Reiki and animal communication. And um, so absolutely love the Animal Healing Center and a lot of value here. So um, Dr. Larry has been one that's been a leader in the alternative health and integrative vet veterinarian care. Um, so do you want to share a little bit about that and what Dr. Larry? Sure. Yeah. So um yeah, so Dr. Larry Siegler is the vet at this practice. We do have another veterinarian named Dr. Audrey Baldessari who is here sort of more on a part-time basis. Um, but we do integrative medicine here. So, um, and like you said, Dr. Siegler is one of the longer practicing holistic or integrative vets in the area. Um, he's been practicing using alternative methods um, in the Seattle area since the mid nineties. Um, so long time. Um, and as for me, I'm, I wouldn't exactly call me a, an expert on anything, but, um, <laughs> but I, I have worked for Dr. Siegler in some capacity as a uh, vet assistant since 2003, and I've been the office manager for the last, last few years. Um, so what we do here as far as integrative medicine is um, a combination, basically, of traditional medicine, uh, Western medicine, and alternative therapies. So we still do prescribe antibiotics or pain medication or steroids if necessary. Um, and sometimes in conjunction with that, um, natural methods as well. So we, Dr. Siegler does acupuncture. We use a lot of Chinese herbal therapy, Western herbs, as well as lots and lots of homeopathy, homotoxicology, which is another form of homeopathy. Um, and then we do some other alternative treatments, acupuncture for one, um, ozone therapy um, for certain medical conditions, as well as um, class four laser therapy, which is amazing as well. So we do a lot of things here that regular, regular vets um, don't do at their practices. And even a lot of other holistic vets in the area, um, they might do acupuncture and some herbs, but they may not do homeopathy. Um, and so, you know, I think we, we definitely do a little bit more here than some of the other holistic practices in the area. And like, and like you mentioned, Dr. Siegler's been practicing for a really long time. So he's got a level of expertise um, that some other vets may not have. Yeah. And so you mentioned homotoxicology. And so that right. is something that not many vets do at all. Do you want right. to share a little bit more about that? Sure. So, um, you know, homeopathy is sort of plant and mineral extracts. Um, like Arnica is one that people are very familiar with. Um, homotoxicology is sort of an expansion of that where 
the remedies used are combination remedies. So um, Tromiel is a good example of one of these remedies where um, I think it's made by the Heal Company, H-E-E-L. And um, in the US, I believe they changed the name to Tea Relief. So you see, you see Tea Relief gel and tablets in the stores, but it's basically a combination of several remedies, Arnica and calendula and many other things to, to treat various types of pain and inflammation. Um, that's what it's most commonly used for. So we use Tromiel a ton, <laughs> but um, there's, there's many, many of these combination remedies that we use for a variety of conditions, um, acute medical conditions, as well as chronic medical conditions. Um, most of our surgery patients go home with an Arnica Tromiel blend to help with healing and help reduce bruising after surgery. Um, so it's something that can be paired with traditional medicine very well. Um, there's really minimal side effect whatsoever with these remedies. So we see a lot of great success. Um, and Dr. Siegler does, we have both oral and injectable versions of these remedies. So what he does typically is gives injections of these combination remedies into acupuncture points to help treat various problems. Um, so we use them for a, a many, many different um, medical issues. Nice. So that yeah, the nice combination because the yeah. with the acupuncture points are powerful right. on their own and then adding the homotoxicology just really yes. yeah, adds to it. Nice. And I also understand you have the natural flea medication and preventative. Yeah. Things. Yes, we do. We use, uh, we carry Wonderside and then we, we do, um, that's a cedar based, um, non, non chemical, I guess you could say if that is appropriate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, definitely Western medicine and, and parasite control products, they do have their place. They can be very useful, but that's one of the things that we, that differs, that we differ from other practices and that we don't recommend monthly parasite control for your pet because those products are pretty toxic. And most of the time it's not necessary to treat every month for any of those things. Okay, nice. That's good information. And so speaking of good information, let's get to the juice of vaccinations sure. <laughs> and titers. So right. people, this may be a new term to them. What can you explain what a titer is and how it's beneficial? Sure. So I will just say first that in, in this practice, um, our vaccination protocols are also very different from um, a lot of other practices. So it's really an individual basis, um, you know, assessing individual risk level and individual, um, you know, what's going to be best for each individual animal with what is recommended for vaccines. So it really is, you know, when someone calls and asks, what are you going to do for, for this dog? We, it, it totally depends. It's different for everyone. So, um, but, but based on that, what we stress here is minimizing the amount of vaccines given in a single visit and as well doing tighter testing first before giving booster doses, um, to make sure that it's actually necessary. So what a titer is, is basically a blood test that is measuring the circulating antibodies for that virus. Um, so when you give a vaccination, the goal of that vaccine is to mount an antibody response. So 
if you can do a test that shows you that there are there is already neutralizing antibodies circulating, then you've already achieved the goal of that vaccine. So there is no medical benefit at that point of giving another dose of that vaccine. Um, so you know that's typically what we will tell people is to it's more ideal to titer them first and make sure that they actually need another dose um, before just giving it to them. As far as vaccines go, we know that they last longer. The protection lasts longer than the typical one year or three year interval that they're typically given. So people might get a card from their vet saying, it's been three years, your dog's due for this, this and that. Um, but for most dogs, the protection lasts a lot longer than that three-year period of time. And so this is a blood test that you can do to see, are they, are they protected or not? And then you can go from there. Um, so that's usually the best approach um, to just do what's healthiest for your pet. Okay. So the, the takeaway is we don't really want to vaccinate our pets unless they're needed because they're it's doing it's not ideal right um it's basically you could be putting your pet at unnecessary risk if you're giving a vaccine when they're still protected from the previous dose and can you share some of the risks or sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know let's let's just be clear that vaccines are not harmless injectable substances. Um, the ingredients vary depending on what um, vaccine and I'll, there's a, a lot less disclosure with veterinary vaccines than there is with human vaccines and the ingredients there. Um, but I mean, probably the most common um, side effect is acute allergic reactions, even severe allergic reactions in some cases. Um, but other known reactions um, are anywhere up to severe neurological injury and even death. So these are not benign substances to just give willy nilly and they really should be only given if they're needed. Hey, that, yeah, that makes total sense. Wow. Didn't realize there was that serious, um, uh, uh, results. So, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, like those are very rare, typically reactions, but they are known reactions to vaccination. Yeah, yes, and I have heard of those happening. Um, and so it's a shame. But yeah, so now we have the information to be empowered that we don't have to go through that if we don't need to, that the titer can help solve that. Yeah. And so, um, how often is a titer done then? That again, sort of depends on the individual. So there's two different types of titers where one is sort of a positive or negative. There's, there's antibodies or there aren't. Um, and then the one that we do for rabies is a quantitative, um, which th that means that it's giving us the actual, a number of an antibody level. Um, which is very helpful because we, I mean, we've definitely seen small breed dogs with a very, very high level of rabies antibodies. So we, looking at the number, we're able to guess or judge that this animal doesn't even need a, a tighter test again for several years because the level is so high that it's not going to 
go down to nothing in, in a short period of time. Um, and so it also sort of depends on the animal's vaccination history as well with how often we think a titer needs to be done. Um, we might do a titer at the interval the vaccine is due um, because you know the owner is curious. And then if the animal has had several doses throughout its life up to that point and it's positive for antibodies, but we don't have a level, we might still say you're probably good for a few years. Um, and then as well with the rabies titer, if we get a lower level, then we might say you should recheck it next year and make sure you're still protected. So it really varies depending on the pet's vaccine history and what sort of levels we're looking at. Okay, so this is very important because there are grooming facilities and doggy daycares and overnight boarding that right. require vaccinations and people are just vaccinating because they think they have to. Right. And this is where the titer then you have this option of requesting a titer and asking if these facilities will take a titer. Right. And so when that happens, um, that's when Dr. Larry gives a note. Well, how does that process work so that people can uh, give a titer that and let, sure. the, let the facilities know that they don't need right. vaccination? Right. So it, it depends on the situation. Um, but I think that's a common misconception that people think, well, I don't, I have to do all these because my groomer or my boarding facility or my doggy daycare, whatever requires all of these things. Um, so the only one that is required by law is rabies. Um, the rest of them are not required. You're, you're under no legal requirement as a pet owner to vaccinate for parvo, distemper or bordetella um, or any of the other ones it's outside of rabies. Um, and then if you are going to a groomer or a boarding facility, you can ask them, you know, you, you require these vaccines, but what if I give you my dog's antibody titer results? Or what about medical waivers as well? I mean, there are certain pets that because of their medical conditions or their state of health, they can't get a vaccine. Um, that doesn't mean that they are infected with that virus, but they, they may not be a good candidate for revaccination. So they need a waiver for medical reasons. Um, so most places are very understanding with a, a waiver or tighter results. Um, some boarding facilities or groomers may not know what a tighter is. So you as the pet owner may need to educate them a little bit more about what a tighter is um, and that it's basically showing that your dog is still protected against that virus, even though their vaccine may be out of date. Um, so you can, you can certainly do that. And if they, you know, these are all private businesses that can make up their own rules for what they'll accept. So there's certainly groomers and, and boarding facilities that will say, no, we won't accept that. You have, you know, and if that's the case, then you can choose to give your business to another groomer or boarding facility that's going to, you know, um, favor what you choose for your pet. So those are definitely options. And then um, there, there actually is not a titer for Bordetella. Bordetella is the vaccine for kennel cough, um, but lots and lots of daycares and boarding facilities do allow for just a, a waiver from your vet, if your vet will write one, um, to just waive that vaccine and then you don't need to do it as far as 
for whatever they're requiring. Most groomers are pretty, pretty sticky about rabies just because there is the bite risk for them as groomers. Um, so, you know, and probably part of their business licensing has a lot to do with that as well with, because it is the law. And is it now every three years or what, what's the spacing for rabies now? Because it used to be once a year, right? Yeah, um, it's every three. It's basically, and this is the same with distemper parvo where when puppies get their first round of dosing, it's good for one year. And then the next time they get it, it's good for three years every time they're on out. So, um, and in both cases, it's the same vaccines that are used at the one year and the three year interval. They do tend to last, most of them last longer than a year. So even, even when your puppy is one year old or your dog's one year old and due for their next dose after it's been a year, they're more than likely still protected from those puppy shots that they got. Okay. Um... And then do they do titers for those if they're still protected? Yeah. So, I, I mean, that. that's, that's typically what we tell our, our clients is, you know, we'll, we do still do puppy vaccines, usually a sort of minimal. Um, but then when they're due for their, a year later, when they're due, we usually recommend check a titer first and see if you even need to do anything at this point. Cause most mm -hmm. of the time they don't. Nice. Cause that's, yeah, their young systems would, um, right. Yeah. And, and we know from research that distemper parvo vaccines can, can create immunity that lasts for seven to 10 years. And, you know, in, for, for rabies vaccines, a good five to seven years for most breeds of dogs. So one year and three year is really sort of an arbitrary timeline that was just put there by the pharmaceutical companies that make vaccines and, you know, probably veterinary medical associations. So it's really beneficial to, to know that it lasts longer than that. And there's a test you can do to make sure your pet is protected yeah. and, and at the same time, sort of minimize risk for them with vaccination. Nice. Nice. Well, that's very valuable information. Definitely. Yeah. People need to know. So I appreciate you taking time to share this information with us sure. so can empower pet guardians um, because I mean, they're pet guardians, but they love their pets. And so they're just wanting right. to do the best they can. And so now they'll have more information to do that with. Right. Um, Absolutely. Our pets are like our family. So, um, you know, you don't want to do anything that may be harmful, but at the same time, you want them to be safe and protected and healthy. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap, is there a burning nugget that wants to come through <laughs> that, <laughs> that you're thinking people really need to know that'd be helpful? Right. I mean, I would just say for I, it's important for every pet owner to know that your pet's health is your decision. So if you are in, you know, going to a vet who's pressuring you to, to, keep all vaccines up to date or, um, you know, I've, I've seen vets that will tell people, no, you, you can't do a rabies titer. It doesn't matter because it's the law. That's not true. You, I mean, it is the law, but it's still beneficial to check a titer. Um, so I would just say sometimes you need to be an advocate for your, your pet and say no 
And if your vet is, if you're conflicting with your vet over their recommendations, then you might need to find a different vet that um, aligns more with your line of thinking um, and what you wish to do for your own pet. Um, when it comes to vaccinating, it's very important to just be aware of the risk with vaccination. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people are not aware how risky they can be. Um, and with knowing that it's just important to, to vaccinate responsibly, if you're going to do it, um, make sure you're aware of the risk and you're comfortable with it. And just know that you can always take time to think about it and do it later. You can always vaccinate later, but once you've given a vaccine, you can't undo what may have been done with that dose. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. All right. Um, well, thank you again for being here and good news folks. Leah has agreed to come back and do some more educating <laughs> because we can learn more about the legislation with the rabies and the vaccine. Sure. Yeah. And we can also learn more about uh, these other alternative um, remedies that Absolutely. are available. So, yeah. all right. Thank you so much, Leah. Thank and, you. Um, all right. So this is Vicki Graper, author, certified healer, and animal communicator with at www.healingyouranimal.com and doing podcast animal messages, what your animals want you to know. So thank you for being with us. See you next time. Thank you.